Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of Alaska Watch. I was dark last week, I didn't put out an episode, I was actually on another podcast. I was on the Manimal Research podcast, which you can find on YouTube. That's Manimal Research, M-A-N-N-I-M-A-L Research. Uh, a couple of good old boys from Tennessee, I believe is where they're from, uh, have a, I think it's a fairly new podcast. And uh, they've got some pretty interesting episodes. I've uh, went through their catalog and, and listened to a couple of them. I actually uh, went into it kind of blind. I'd never listened to any other stuff. And usually before I go on a podcast, I try and get kind of a feel for the show before I go on. But this one I kind of went into blind. I had a really good time. Uh, talked about uh, Port Chatham and some of the uh, history and lore of that place. And uh, you can uh, find my interview with them on their YouTube page. Go over there and show them some social media love. Give them a like and subscribe. Uh, Listen to my episode. Give it a thumbs up. And uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, one of the reasons why I've kind of been a little absent from podcast land recently is because I've been working on a YouTube series uh, for the Alaska Watch YouTube channel. And basically what's going on is I am going to release every Friday for the next few weeks. I'm going to release a episode, you know, not very long, usually between uh, 10 to 20 minutes of uh, stuff that happened during my trip to Washington. You know, I spent uh, 10 days there after the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival uh, camping and exploring and going out with other squatchers and doing some by myself. And I've been uh, compiling all that uh, footage and putting it together and getting it ready for uh, release. And so I uh, head on over to the Alaska Watch YouTube channel and uh, give me a, a like and subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel so you get notified when a new episode drops. And uh, give them a view. Uh, the first couple, actually I think the first three, literally document my first day. Like the, the first day after the festival and after um, my first night camping and I got literally three episodes out of just the first day. Uh, the third episode uh, about Gypsy Meadows is when it really starts to get interesting and then uh, the next couple episodes after that are really, I think they're going to be pretty special so uh, be sure and keep an eye out for them. And uh, those are dropping every Friday on my YouTube channel. And uh, what else have we got to talk about? Oh, I wanted to uh, mention that I'm on TikTok as well as Alaska Watch Podcast. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to find my fitting, my, my f- footing over there. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do with it. I've posted a few uh, trail camera videos. I've posted a couple of videos of my dogs. Um, <clears throat> I'm just kind of wondering what, to, what I can do with it. So just uh, if you're on TikTok, uh, give me a subscribe over there and uh, check out some of my stuff. And also, if, you, if you're interested in my dogs, uh, as you, many of you know, I have a couple of French Bulldogs. Uh, they have their own TikTok that my wife pretty much uh, handles. It's called Alaska Frenchies. 
and we've got some pretty cool videos on there. Uh, there's not very many because we, we only do it when we feel like we've got something really kind of special. So uh, give them a, a subscribe as well, and uh, you'll, you'll see some pretty funny Frenchy action over there. There's one in particular that uh, we just put up a few days ago where it was, it was actually a video that I took. And I sent it to my wife and I said, you know what, I think the Jaws theme would work perfect with this. And she put it together and put it up and it's just, I think it's hilarious. And I, I, I cannot, I cannot fathom why it hasn't gone viral, why it doesn't have more views. It is amazing. Um, but I'm a little biased though. So anyway, what else do I want to talk about today? I have got so much stuff planned and it's just looming over me. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm almost a little overwhelmed. I thought that, uh, when I retired from law enforcement, I just thought, man, I'm just going to be like relaxing and, and just, uh, you know, do, I do what I want, but, um, I've just got so much stuff that I want to do that. It's just, I think about it all the time. I'm just like, Oh man, I, I need to do this and I want to do this. And then on this day, we're going to do that. And I'm just, I'm just as, I'm not as stressed as I was when I was working. Certainly not by any means, because I mean, I could just walk away from this any time, and I'm not really going to be out any money. But um, this is—it's uh, a lot more stressful than I thought it would be um, doing the uh, podcast and, and uh, content and uh, having stuff, having to plan stuff and uh, get content banked and stuff like that. But it's a lot of fun, so I'm really enjoying it. I'm not complaining per se. I'm just saying that it's a little bit more stressful than I thought it would be. In fact, I was thinking about going camping today and uh, I looked at the forecast and there was some like rains forecast. So I was like, ah, maybe not today, maybe, you know, next week, because we're having a big, um, a big rainstorm come through here. Uh, it's going to rain basically all this week. <clears throat> and, uh, now I'm, I'm out, I'm sitting here in my studio looking out my window and I can see like, it's all nice and sunny and there's not a cloud in the sky. And I'm like, I should have went camping, but, uh, here we are. And, you know, I needed to get some, I need to get something on the mic. You know, I need to spit some into the mic and get a, a podcast out there. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about something that I don't normally talk about, and this isn't the main topic for the show. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I just kind of want to touch on it because it's been such a big deal, I guess, in the community recently. And that is the uh, recent Patterson Gimlin film debacle. And for those of you that don't have your thumb on the pulse of the community, like some of us do, <laughs> and I use that term, I use that term loosely. Um, recently it all started, uh, when Richter Riolo, who's a, I don't want to say Bigfoot personality. He, he has a YouTube channel where he does a bunch of videos about Bigfoot. He doesn't, he doesn't do Bigfoot content. He's not a Bigfooter. He basically talks about Bigfooters, which is kind of fascinating in its own respect, but he basically does videos about people that look for Bigfoot. He doesn't do necessarily Bigfoot content. <clears throat> and I've watched some of his videos and there's a lot of things that I actually do agree with him on. A lot of things I do not agree with him on. But uh, recently, you know, in the past, him and Russell Accord were pr pretty close, uh, pretty good friends. 
And from what I understand, they were teaming together, uh, trying to get a show, pitching pitching a show, uh, a Bigfoot theme show. And anyway, there was a falling out between them. Uh, I guess Russell got uh, cast in Expedition Bigfoot. Richter did not. And there's some bad blood in, in that whole situation, but that's not what this is about. <clears throat> Richter uh, posted on Reddit uh, that Russell had confided in him and Steve Coles. Steve Coles is a squatch detective. Uh, he's a gentleman. I believe he's a, I'm not sure if he's ever been in law enforcement, but he's a private detective that uh, does a lot. Of, he has a YouTube series, I believe, called like Squatch DTV. Uh, he does a lot of debunking of hoaxes and stuff like that. I actually in, uh, like a lot of his work. But uh, Richter posted on Reddit that uh, Russell had confided in him, him uh, Richter, and Steve Coles that the PG film uh, was fake and he had a confession from Bob and that he was going to release it after Bob passed away. Or I'm sorry, Bob and his wife passed away. And that kind of... I mean, it just lit, took off like a Roman candle, just started going everywhere. Steve Coles uh, posted a video about it where he basically said, yeah, um, you know, Russell did say something like that. <clears throat> and I think, so What I, from what I gather, and I'm certainly no expert on this, I didn't cover every piece of media that was put out on it, but I did try and follow it pretty close. And I did get Richter's side of it from, um, I believe it was Squatch Talk podcast, something like that. Uh, but I did gather that Russell did say something along the lines of the film is not what people think it is. And he has some interviews with Bob that he's going to release after Bob's death. And that's kind of, that's basically what he said. I don't think he ever said that the film was a hoax. I think he just said, basically, the film is not what people think it is. And Richter and Steve kind of took it as that means it's a hoax. <clears throat> and the only thing that really gets me about that, because I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it was just a misunderstanding or, you know, some, some wordplay that was... Um, misconstrued but Richter did say that that uh, Russell had said something about he's looking for the suit and that that bothers me a little bit but at the same time um, I don't know that I've ever really gone into my thoughts on the PG film and and all that um, I, I think you know there's the allegations from Bob Hieronymus that uh, he wore the suit in the Patty film well I think I think Bob Hieronymus did wear a Bigfoot suit. And I think Roger did film him, but I don't think it was Patty. I think it was for another project or, you know, maybe the same project, but at a different time. Um, I don't think, you know, I, th I think that, I think that Bob Hieronymus is telling the truth. I just think he's telling the truth about a different incident. If that makes any sense. Uh, I think that he was filmed probably by Roger wearing a Bigfoot suit. And I think it was for a different project or a different, time uh there's if you go and listen to the there's like a six part series on the pg film on the astonishing legend podcast and they really do a deep dive into it and they talk about roger showing some footage 
uh, to some people that is not the Patty Phil of, of, you know, a guy in a suit. And I think that is probably the Bob Hieronymus footage. And uh, I don't think that the Patty footage is Bob Hieronymus. That being said, <clears throat> when Russell told Richter that he was looking for the suit, I wonder if that's the suit that he's talking about. Uh, you know, the Bob Hieronymus did wear a suit, but it was not the Patty suit. But and in my opinion, if the su- if either of the suits, if there if Pat let's say Patty was a suit, which I don't think it is, if Patty was a suit, and then there's another suit that Bob Hieronymus wore, if either one of those suits are still around, um, I doubt they've been taken very well care of uh i you know they haven't been sealed in a, hermet- in a hermetically sealed uh chamber with uh those little um oxygen or moisture absorbing absorbing packets so they're probably uh they probably wouldn't look you probably wouldn't be able to pull one out and be like oh yeah that's patty so <laughs> i don't know um <clears throat> anyway so russell has come forward and made a statement basically saying like no i was being i was misunderstood that's not what i said uh, Bob has denied that any such uh, confession exists. So for the moment, um, I am just going to have to go with what Bob says that, uh, you know, that, that it doesn't exist and that there was a misunderstanding. Um, that being said, you know, I, I don't know uh, what to think about that. It was just kind of a thing that took off and of course you know if there's anything the bigfoot community likes to do is to disparage and uh you know put other others and down so it definitely gave people the opportunity to do that uh so we'll 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 see i mean i guess the only thing that we can do is just wait until um whatever footage russell's talking about gets released and i i guarantee you he's not going to release it until uh, he can profit from it somehow. He's not going to just put it out there out of the kindness of his heart to clear this up. It's it's going to remain uh, wherever it is until until it uh, becomes profitable for him to release it. So I I think uh, I just uh, gonna have to wait and see. Uh, I have always kind of you know I've put a lot of stock in the PG film. Uh, it was one of the the first things you know when I first started looking into Bigfoot and kind of really seriously considering the subject it was one of the things you know some of the analysis that i have uh, heard f- uh, about it from uh, people like tom cantrell and uh, jeff meldrum and and a bunch of those people really kind of that kind of pushed me over the edge to where i was like holy crap uh, this this stuff is, is real so the pg film was kind of my push over the edge i guess as you would say but uh, since that since that uh, push. I, I've since had my own experiences and um, just things that have happened to me that, that push me even further. So I, I just, I'm going to have to rely on my own experiences and uh, go with that. I mean, I, I think um, <clears throat> it's a, it's a definitely a kind of a bump in the road uh, for the legacy of the PG film. And uh, time will tell, I guess. But um, for now, we just have to go go with what we're uh, with what your uh, gut feeling says. If it says it's a hoax, well, I'm I'm sure you know there are other people out there that uh, that feel that way as well. 
uh, if you think it's real, I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that believe it's real. So it's uh, kind of unfortunate that uh, that had to unfold the way it did. And uh, I just I want to say that I don't think Richter's a liar at all. I think Richter is honest. But that being said, his perception of things is not necessarily um, the best, uh, in my opinion. I think that he often um, tends to uh, view and, and, and uh, form opinions on, on a, a skewed uh, platform. So I think that in uh, that and plus, you know, his whole thing is basically you know, making fun of people and debunking people. And, you know, I, I watch a, a few of his videos and I, you know, I, I try and stay away from the drama in the Bigfoot world. Cause I think there's just, there's enough of it out there. You know, if your thing is like, you want to gossip and, and do drama, like, don't get me wrong. I like to gossip, but in private. And I think that, um, there's enough out there that if you want to, if that's the part of the Bigfoot community that you're interested in, you can certainly, uh, there's certainly enough stuff out there for you to consume. So I try and stay away from it. I don't normally talk about stuff like that, but I just felt like because I'm so such a fan of the PG film, I just felt like I needed to address it. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big dust up. It's kind of died down. I don't think there's really anything going on about it right now. Hasn't been any new developments since I think Russ made that statement. Um, I'm not going to mess with reading any of that or, or letting you know, you know, basically verbatim what was said. Uh, there's enough documentation on it out there now that I think you could probably um, look it up with no problem. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let's, uh, you know, let's move on. Let's move on to happier pastures. I have wanting to talk today about the new book that uh, Dr. Robert Alley put out. It's called Brushes with Bigfoot, Sasquatch Behaviors Reported in Close Encounters native and non-native perspectives. And uh, I picked this up from uh, Dr. Alley at the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival and uh, actually read it out in the field while I was out looking for Bigfoot, which is something that uh, I don't normally get to say about my Bigfoot books. Um, I normally don't consume Bigfoot stuff out in the field. I don't read Bigfoot books. I don't listen to Bigfoot podcasts. And um, I made an exception for this one, and I read the book. I think it's, it's a pretty lean book. I think that would be my first um, impression of the book. It's, uh, it's only about, let me see, it's only about 145 pages or so, which <clears throat> sounds pretty hypocritical because my book is only about 145 pages or so. Uh, but that being said, I, I felt it was a little... It was priced a little high, um, you know, for that uh, for that number of pages. I think, um, you know, my book is around the same number of pages. Uh, my book's about fifteen dollars. Uh, Doctor Alley was charging twenty for his. So I mean that his, his book obviously, uh, you know, I know he's put a lot of work and time into it. And if that's what he feels like it's worth, I, you know, absolutely. I mean, I paid it, so uh, I I wanted the book so bad that I felt it was um, worth that price. Uh, but, uh, I personally, for a book that size, I would charge a little less, but you know, that's a, that's an opinion. And plus, I don't know what his, uh, publishing situation is, uh, or who published it. It says that says it's published by Muskeg media. I assume that's maybe a vanity press. I, d- I don't know. Uh, you know, Amazon publishes my book. 
uh, for me, and I think it's it's quite um, a good deal. It's quite affordable, uh, and I'm a- also able uh, because I supply my own ISBN number. I'm also able to basically make my own publishing imprint. So if you've read my book, you've seen the Alaskwatch publishing emblem on the cover or on the inside cover. Uh, so anyway, that's that's probably my first impression of the book. Is it's a little on the lean side. Uh, the cover. Uh, which has garnered quite a bit of attention. I've I've posted uh, the book in a um, Bigfoot liter- literature group on Facebook that uh, I'm a member of, or maybe somebody else posted. That, I don't remember, but uh, people were were kind of freaking out over the cover because there is a picture of a Bigfoot on the cover, and uh, it is actually that is Murphy from the North American Bigfoot Center in uh, Boring, Oregon, the the museum that Cliff runs. So that's just, it's a picture of Murphy, I believe superimposed over the background of a forest. Uh, that is not a picture of a real Bigfoot. As I kind of think maybe somebody suspected initially when they saw it. Um, so getting into the book, uh, the book consists of 25 stories and encounters from uh, all over uh, the north Northwest primarily in Alaska, uh, south, Southeast Alaska. There are a few, or a couple, I think, uh, from Washington, I believe, and maybe even Oregon. But uh, primarily, uh, the encounters and stories uh, told in the book take place in Alaska. Uh, there's some pretty good ones in here. I don't want to get too deep into it, because obviously I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but there are some really interesting encounters in here uh and they kind of run you know they run the gamut of uh there's some some spooky ones uh some scary ones there's some that are almost humorous uh and then there's just some that kind of you know you you, they saw the bigfoot you know walking you know a couple hundred yards away and that was the end of it but i think there's three out of the 25 that really kind of stood out for me and I'll just briefly ever so briefly um, describe them here. I don't want to get, like I said, I don't want to just spoil the entire book for everybody. Um, I want people to actually go out and buy it and support Dr. Alley. But the, the first one that really kind of comes to to mind in, in this book, one of my favorite encounters are a couple of hunters that uh, they screw up the, uh, the prop on their boat which I can totally see happening because I've been in similar situations and they get stuck uh, on a little island and I'm not, I'm not going to go too far into the details of this. So I'm not going to name names and and places, but uh, they get stuck on this little island. Uh, They decide, you know, we'll just hang out here for the night and then tomorrow we'll, we'll try and get someplace uh, where we can get some help. So they're kind of hanging around on the shoreline. Uh, they've collected some firewood. They've got a little fire going and they're, they're sitting around kind of lamenting their fate there, uh, that they're trapped, uh, on that little Island and not hunting. And, uh, they're kind of, you know, one of the guys that is giving the other guy a hard time about, uh, screwing up the prop on the boat. He had backed into some rocks and had, uh, caused some damage to the prop and, he, and he's kind of giving his friend a little a little hard time a little ribbing as, as you probably would in in a situation like that you know you would 
be like, I can't believe you did that. You know, like what the, what the hell? And, uh, so he's given his, his buddy some hard time, a hard time. And, uh, they hear kind of off in the, uh, outside of the firelight, they hear somebody mimic what one of them just said. And they get pretty creeped out and they start shining the lights around and they see this, uh, this eye shine, like several pairs of eye shine. And, uh, it gets a little closer and basically I don't want to spoil everything. Uh, but, uh, the, the behavior that is described in the encounter, uh, is, is that of mimicry, uh, where the Bigfoot, you know, basically is, is mimicking what the guy says and, they never actually get a really good look at the Bigfoot, but they do see several pairs of eye shine and, uh, they circle the camp for, for quite a while. And, uh, it, it freaks the hunters out pretty bad. And that's uh, probably one of the, uh, creepiest encounters in, in the book. And one that really stuck out for me. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that, that's a, that's a scary thought to, to be sitting around the fire with your buddy and, uh, something in, in the woods starts mimicking, uh, your voices. So that was, uh, I think, I believe that might've been the first or second story in the book. And, and keep in mind while I'm reading this, I'm setting in the woods in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, probably my, the, the next one that comes to mind that, um, really I almost, I found kind of humorous, uh, was there's a young lady, she's working in a, uh, store, in, in the bush, Alaska, and the store is kind of situated at the edge of town, uh, near, I believe it was either a lake or a swamp. And, uh, it's summertime and she's closing up the store for the night <clears throat> and she, or maybe it was fall. I believe it was dark. It was dark outside, I believe from, from, uh, the story and she's mopping the floor. And if, I don't know how many of you have worked, ever worked retail or done this kind of work before, uh, but I could just totally, like, it totally made sense what she was doing. So she's got the doors open. She's mopping the floor, you know, closing the store up for the night, doing the floor. That's one of the last things you do before you close up generally. And she's got her kids with her because, you know, there's not any childcare available probably. So she's got her, like, toddler children with her there. And she's keeping them basically as she is mopping the floor. She keeps them, like, one aisle over where she hasn't mopped yet. <clears throat> so they don't mess up the mop floor. So one night she's out there mopping the floor. She's got the, oh, hit my mic. She's got the door open and, uh, to let the air in to, to dry the floor. And her kids are uh, on the next aisle over playing. And, you know, they're just making general kid noises and, you know, laughing and, and playing. And then all of a sudden she said they, they got really loud, like really excited. Like they were, doing something really fun. And, and she was wondering like, what in the world are they doing? Cause she thought maybe they were getting into something that they weren't supposed to be in. Like maybe pulling stuff off the shelves or something, I imagine. So she goes around the corner to, uh, to see what they're doing. And she says, as she turns the corner, she sees this little hairy, look like a, a little hairy kid run out of the store. And so apparently she surmises that the baby Bigfoot had heard her kids playing and had come into the store to play with her children. And, uh, that, that's a very fascinating account. If you take into account that, you know, the fascination 
uh, with children that people say Bigfoot has and that, you know, if they hear kids playing, it might draw them in. And I just, I just felt that was, uh, that, that was an amazing account if it's true. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. And the last, the last, well, it's not the last story in the book. It's certainly not, not last or least. Like I said, there's 25 encounters stories in the book. And I just picked out three of them, basically, that were kind of my favorites to uh, talk about here. But the last one that I'm going to talk about takes place on Prince of Wales Island, which, if you guys remember, uh, we were supposed to, myself and uh, Extreme Expeditions, were supposed to go on an expedition there last year. And because of the whole COVID thing, it just it just never it, it didn't come to fruition. So I'm hoping here in the next year or two, hopefully I'll be able to get out there and uh, and do something i'm not sure what but something but uh, this story it actually takes place in a campground where there's been several other sightings and it was a campground that we actually were going to stay at uh, when we went to prince of wales island i actually had the the sites at the campground reserved and it uh because of uh the covid stuff we weren't able to go so Anyway, uh, what it, the encounter it consists of, and this is this is a very fascinating one, is a lady uh, is out camping with her husband, and I'm not sure if they're in a tent or an RV, uh, but they're you know they're they're in their bunks or their sleeping bags or whatever, and they're sleeping, and the lady wakes up and it's kind of raining outside as I mean it's Southeast Alaska, and she decides you know it's like two o'clock in the morning something like that. And she's like, I'm going to get up and go stoke the fire a little bit. Cause if it goes out with this rain, I'm never going to get started again. So she gets up and she exits uh, the RV or tent or whatever they're in. And she uh, walks up to the fire pit or fire ring. And she's, she's getting ready to, uh, to put some more wood on the fire and, and stoke it up. And she sees kind of standing behind their vehicle she sees uh some some hairy legs and she looks up and sure enough there's a bigfoot standing there just just a few feet from her and you know this is a this is a pretty hardcore alaska lady she's she's lived in alaska all her life uh, i don't believe she was native but i i might be mistaken on that respect but uh i don't believe she was native but she's lived here all her life you know she's pretty hardcore alaskan she's a hunter she you know she's a fisher fishing you know she she knows her stuff and she's, of course, she's heard all the stories from uh, the native peoples about the hairy man or the Bigfoot. So she knows what she's looking at. And instead of getting scared, uh, she starts talking to it. And I, th- I just thought that was fascinating. I was like, man, what a <laughs> what a tough lady, you know. And she's kind of just like, oh, hey, you know, nice to see you. You know, I'm glad you're here. Just uh, trying to interact with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's standing, she can see the, the head of this thing over the top of her car. They have a big car too. It's like a suburban or something, I think. And, uh, she's, she's talking to it and she says like, well, I've got to get my fire going or, you know, I'm not going to be able to get it started tomorrow or something to that effect. I'm not quoting verbatim here. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, recalling it the best I can from my memory. So, as she's talking to this thing, when she says the word fire, the Bigfoot like lifts its hand up and, and doesn't point, not with a finger, but basically lifts its hand up in the direction of the fire pit 
Like it knew what she was talking about. Like it recognized the word fire. And she um, bends over or or moves away to grab a a piece of wood and she looks back up and it's gone. But uh, I just thought that was really fascinating. But if you think about it, you know, if, if they have that propensity to just kind of hang around and watch people like a lot of people think they do, you know, they're probably bound to pick up a couple of words, especially like in a campsite where, you know, what are some of the most common things you say around the campsite? You know, you, oh, get the fire going, the fire, the fire, the fire. So I'm sure they would probably, if uh, they were so inclined and had the intelligence, I'm sure they would pick up a word here or there. They probably know what tent means. They probably know what fire means. They might even know what sleeping bag means. So that was a, a very interesting story out of the Brushes with Bigfoot by J. Robert Alley. One of my favorites that's in the book. But there's certainly... Uh, a number of others in here. There's 25 stories. Uh, every story has a drawing uh, that uh, goes along with it. And every story is also plotted on the map uh, where you can see where it occurred. So it's a pretty awesome book. Uh, it's a great addition to any Bigfoot library, especially if you enjoyed Raincoast Sasquatch, which I highly recommend you pick up. And I believe Rinko Sasquatch is actually getting a little difficult to come by. Um, last time I looked at it on Amazon, uh, it was going for like 30 or 40 bucks. And if you don't already have a copy, you might want to snag one of those up. And that being said, normally this is the part of the podcast where I would tell you uh, where you could get brushes with Bigfoot and how to buy it. Uh, but I do not have that information. I... Uh, regret to say. However, uh, I do have Dr. Alley's email address that I will uh, put out here in a second. Uh, And you can reach out to Dr. Alley and see if he can send you a copy. Um, I don't know if his plan is to only sell this at conferences or if he wants to set up a website and sell it uh, or if it's ever going to be on Amazon or any of the major media uh, or book retailers. I I just don't know. Uh, I also wanted to mention that on the inside uh, cover of the book, it says uh, that the unrevised version was printed in 2019 as Bigfoot in Southeast Alaska, close encounters and counter behaviors for distribution at the mile high mystery conference, 2019. So if you have that book, I think that basically means you have this book. I think there's just been some revisions made to it, maybe a couple of stories added. Uh, but uh, I wanted to point out that if you have that book, The Bigfoot in Southeast Alaska, you might want to hang on to it because it sounds like that might be pretty rare and it's not going to be in print again. So I would say uh, that might be something uh, for a book collector uh, to hang on to. So anyway, I'm going to give you guys uh, Dr. Alley's email address. Uh, please don't harass him or bug him. But uh, if you would like to reach out and try and get a a copy of this book, uh, you can certainly email him at robally18 at gmail.com. And I'm going to spell that if you're ready. R-O-B-A-L-L-E-Y, the number one and the number eight at gmail.com. And again, the name of the book is Brushes with Bigfoot. Sasquatch Behaviors Reported in Close Encounters, Native and Non-Native Perspectives. Uh, It was published this year, 2021. 
And um, I recommend you pick it up. I think it's uh, it's right up there with Renko Sasquatch. Like I said, it's a little on the lean side, but man, there's some good stories in there. Um, really good um, breakdown of the behaviors reported uh, from the witnesses and some of the common behaviors that uh, Bigfoot are seen displaying uh, by witnesses. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this uh, breakdown of the book. I hope you enjoyed uh, my review of it. I think it's worth your time. Uh, I also, speaking on on books, I forgot I brushed over this on my show notes when I was talking uh, earlier. If you guys have read Abandoned, the History and Horror Report Chatham, my book, uh, I would very much appreciate it if you would head over to Amazon and leave it a review. Uh, particular, uh, you know, I would like a, a good review, but uh, honest review anyway. Uh, and the reason I'm asking for reviews, uh, basically this this late in the game, is I I wasn't really too worried about it, but something happened that kind of ticked me off. And as you can tell, I get ticked off a lot. <laughs> uh, but somebody had left a one star review for the book, and it was because. They had received the book and uh, some pages had fallen out of the book, like when they got it. I don't know if it was a packaging issue where the book got mangled in the pack in the shipping or if it was just, you know, it was just a, a book that wasn't put together well. Uh, maybe it didn't have enough glue in the binding. I don't know, but the book fell apart. And for, for whatever reason, the person felt it was um, the right thing to do to give the book a one-star review um, Personally, if that had occurred to me, uh, the first thing I would do is try and get another book. Uh, I don't know why they felt it was necessary to give the book a bad review um, because, uh, you know, it showed up in poor condition. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I think that's probably, I mean, certainly that aspect of it should go into your review. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, it's kind of, that's literally beyond my control. I, you know, unless you buy it from the website, from alaskwatchpodcast.com, um, I have no control over the shipping. It's printed and it's shipped, you know, it's printed on demand. Uh, if you buy one from me, then I will be the one that puts it in the envelope and sends it out. And if there's an issue with it, I will certainly try and make it right. But uh, this this was through Amazon. It was completely beyond my control. And instead of trying to get a new book, which I, I'm certain that Amazon would, I mean, anytime I've ever had an issue, they've usually uh, worked pretty hard to correct it. So I would appreciate it if you guys would uh, go on Amazon. And if you've read the book, uh, leave me a, leave me a review and uh, try and counteract the, <laughs> the effect of the one star review. Cause it literally brought my book down to four stars instead of five stars. I was, uh, I was pretty happy cause I thought, man, you know, I've got a, I've got a good selling book. I've got a good reviews. And then uh, one person gets gets a mangled copy and it's it's it shot it down a star so it kind of kind of aggravated me and i actually emailed amazon about it i was like hey you know can you if this person hasn't like and it's it's a it's an anonymous review so i can't i can't track the person down and try and make it i would send them one of my own copies if i knew who it was and um i i reached out to Amazon. I emailed them. I was like, Hey, you know, like, can you guys like do something to make this person happier? So maybe they can update the review. And that was like two weeks ago and I haven't got a reply back from Amazon. So 
I, I've kind of uh, I've kind of been hearing uh, a lot of that from content creators, and uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot of um, dissension uh, about Amazon recently. A lot of negative things from from creators, not not from customers. Like I said, generally as a customer, Amazon has been over backwards to make me happy. Um, but I've been hearing some some rumblings in the ranks from people that you know write books and make movies, and uh, I have to say, certainly, I'm a little disappointed. They, I mean, they could at least reply to my email and say, you know, no, <laughs> nothing we can do. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, guys, um, I'd appreciate it if you'd run over there and 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 uh, give us a review. Uh, check me out on YouTube. Don't forget. We've got the Alaska Watch in Washington series that's dropping every Friday. Uh, there's already an episode out, and there's another one dropping this Friday. And then next Friday, which will be, let me pull up my calendar here. That will be August 13th. Uh, I think when part three drops, you're going to want to check out part three. It's going to be pretty cool. All right, I got some really cool stuff coming up on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have Jesse Desmond on soon to talk about the Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Uh, we might have Stephen Major on to talk about some upcoming stuff in Alaska. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned. I've got some really cool uh, stuff planned as far as um, Bigfoot movies and and reviews and stuff like that are planned. It's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. So just uh, keep. Uh, Keep listening, and uh, hopefully you you'll hear something you're gonna like eventually. <laughs> so find us on Facebook on the Alaska Watch Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok, and you can find us at our own website, AlaskaWatchPodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast. You can order some cool gear. Oh, I forgot to mention we've got some cool stuff coming in. Uh, we've got some new designs and some new stickers and magnets and stuff coming in. And uh, that stuff is going to be really cool and uh, some, you know, little knickknacks that you can pick up fairly cheap and um, promote the show for me <laughs> and some really cool stuff. I think, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. That stuff will be dropping here in the next week or two on the website. And uh, I think that's about it, people. I think I'm done for the day and uh, check out uh, the video on Friday that's going to drop. And uh, I appreciate your support. I appreciate everybody that listens. And uh, if you want to contact me, you can drop me an email at alaskwatch at gmail.com. And there's also a contact form on the website you can fill out and get in touch with me. Hope everybody is enjoying your summer. Uh, I'm enjoying mine so far. And uh, looking forward to getting out in the woods some more. All right, people. Be safe out there. Mm -hmm.